Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Even as the fleet grows and changes and adds a lot of fun things, this show remains the vehicle in which we get around the galaxy. <laughs> I'm Ken Napsok, like I said, and with me is Joseph Scrimshaw. I am happy to be here in slowly, coldly, analytically talk about Thrawn. That is right. We should do the whole episode like this. <laughs> this episode will be five hours long. 
Uh, Jennifer Landa is not with us today uh, because this is going to be our uh, review of the Thrawn novel by Timothy Zahn. I'm sure 12 times today I will confuse Thrawn and Zahn's names, <laughs> as I've done since 1991. Uh, Jennifer is out. She has not had a chance to read this book yet, so we want to give her a nice, relaxing day off while, Joseph, you and I dig into this book. Yeah, dig real deep. Yeah, I, you know, the, the Timothy Zahn Thrawn thing hadn't fully occurred to me, but then it got in my head like it was... Uh, hold the door in Hodor. If you just keep saying Timothy's on, Timothy's on, Timothy's on, it will turn into Thrawn. You don't want yourself. I, I, I wonder if Zahn did that um, back in the day. Yeah. As kind of his own kind of, you know. I'm Timothy Zahn. I'm gonna. It's gonna be Tim. Th- it's Thrawn. It's just, uh, Myth Mithraunudo. Yeah. Not say his name either. All right. So this novel was announced uh, last year. Yeah. Right. Um, was it uh, Celebration London? I believe, or around the time of uh, Comic Con. Uh, to be honest, Joseph, I go to so many conventions, I don't remember where things are. I know. And then people on big stages tell us things that we want that we're going to buy. <laughs> and then we applaud, and then we don't remember time. Yeah, I mean, they introduced... I think the big reveal of Thrawn was that he was coming back into canon in Rebels, and I think that was mm-hmm. uh, at Celebration, that trailer, right? And then I think it wasn't yes. it wasn't too long after that they're like, and don't worry, he's going to be fleshed out in a book! In a book! And bonus, Timothy Zahn is going to write it. Now, yeah. I will say this, when, when uh, old... EU was swept away and new canon came back in. <laughs> back in what is April 2014, it was the kind of div- dividing mark other than Clone Wars and the Darth Maul comic, um, Son of, uh, Son of Danthabir. Uh, I remember as an old fan thinking, oh, poor Timothy's on. Yeah. Because he put so much into the Heir to the Empire trilogy, uh, which includes Dark Force Rising and Last Command and Thrawn and Talon Card and Mara Jade, such memorable characters, and they're gone. Yeah. I thought I was one of the people that just thought. Now, when Episode 7 was announced, I thought, oh, maybe Thrawn. No, that's silly. They're not going to do yeah. that. I thought Thrawn was never coming back. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I kind of thought so, too. I thought he was one of the EU uh, characters that was an epitome of the EU good, bad, otherwise. But yeah. that it was too much of a symbol of it for Lucasfilm Disney to be like, ah, now nah, let's embrace this. And right. I, think it's, I think that was a part of the thrill of the announcement, not only the love of the character, but that them saying, like, just just because we erased things doesn't mean that we don't like things. We don't right. want to be married to Chewbacca got hit on the head by a moon and died. Right. There's lots of things we don't want to be married to, but that doesn't mean that any of these characters, even someone as big and significant as Thrawn, doesn't still exist. Right, right. So it made some sense when, you know, uh, with uh, Clone Wars and even, uh, you know, Rebels, uh, the, things started to pop back up. Yeah. So it kind of, like, uh, it kind of made sense that uh, this would happen uh, again. And um, uh, the, the novel came out, and I was traveling to Celebration the day I got it, and I started reading it on the plane. And I, I'm going to start this in a weird spot. I fell asleep like two or three times reading it. Overall, and we're going to dive right in here, Joseph. Yeah. Overall, this is a win. Overall, this is a book that that is uh, brings some interesting stuff, and a lot of people love this book. And I and I and I hate to do the me personally thing. Uh, God bless you, Red Met Letter Media, for making fun of all of us constantly. Um, but uh, for me personally, th- there's a lot about this book that missed. Yeah. And a lot of things that I, I struggled to get through, and then it picks up. Dramatically picks up a lot of fun and ends in good places, starts in a good spot, 
this I I'm I'm happy Zon got the chance to to be a caretaker for this character again. Yeah. I do love how the characters played out on Rebels. Um, slow and methodical as well, and that is where this book is for me. It's slow and methodical, almost sometimes to a fault. Yeah, and I think that is very much the point. I think that Timothy Zahn has always been a little bit more of kind of a traditional science fiction author. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people love his work in the EU, and he, he uh, deserves a huge amount of credit for bringing yeah. people back. A lot of people, that's their first Star Wars experience. Absolutely. But I think what an interesting thing about these new canon books is that they all have a lot of forward movement. They almost all feature either major characters mm-hmm. or major events, in like the case of Lost Stars. Right. It, the, the books seem to have an effort to have uh, some of the energy and movement of the films. In particular, you take a book like Lords of the Sith. Right. This isolated event where Vader and Palpatine mm-hmm. are kind of trapped and they just furiously plow through that novel. Yeah. And it almost feels like a movie. Yeah. Bloodline is political intrigue, but it still is very character-based mm-hmm. and it moves fast. So I feel like Thrawn is a very different novel, but it is cool for them to allow different novels. Yes. Now that they've now that they've established, the canon books are going to move and feel a little bit more cinematic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a little bit more action-packed and jumping from adventure to adventure. And then we get this book that is a little bit more, I think, in the traditional sci-fi mold, mm-hmm. where the actual tone and pace of the book is reflecting the main character. Right. And that it's very, very purposeful that, no, 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 sit down mm-hmm. calmly, be very alert, mm-hmm. take notes. And you yourself will feel like you are as sharp and as smart as Thrawn for following this very methodical adventure that looks like it's not important, mm-hmm. that looks like it's just little, small, unconnected uh, adventures. Little, small, blue. Little, small, blue. But uh, much like uh, Thrawn talks about, it, mm-hmm. every adventure is a part of a pattern, and the book invites you to eventually see the pattern and see what is the actual story of the book. This it's interesting you said because this might be one of the books I I make myself reread. Yeah, even the ones that I enjoy, like I haven't gone back and read Lost Stars. A lot of that's just time, but uh, this might be the ones that on a second reading I might connect more dots. Yeah, so that's why up top I say this book is a win. Yeah, uh, and for I love the note that you said, hey, we need to have different styles of books, but this is definitely Thrawn. This is the book is Thrawn. Thrawn is the book. Thrawn is the show. Thrawn is Rebels. Rebels is Thrawn. It's possible that Zahn is Thrawn and that there is a little bit of, uh, you know, there's a little bit of Zahn in Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a slow, uh, methodical writer, and, yeah. I, and I think it really, really works. Um, what is good in this for you, Joseph? What stands out? For me, one of the best things is that it really made the character of Thrawn more uh, three-dimensional for me in a couple ways. Mm. I often resist the character that is so clever and can see things that everybody else can't. Right. Because it leads you down really similar alleys of like, well, you're trying to show that a character is creative and and brilliant, but you're kind of only showing that by setting up uh, scenarios where they can be right you know and it doesn't reflect sort of the randomness of real life uh right when thrawn is always able to deduce what's going on because other people are ask, acting basically logically uh so that's sometimes been my problem with the character but i felt like this book he got into those ideas of patterns mm-hmm. in really connecting that idea uh it, which was there before but really diving into that idea of art 
even when individuals and cultures that they're from don't realize that they're expressing something about themselves, they're expressing something on a more emotional level. Uh, So I liked that it got away from just the cerebral to almost this fantasy of just like, if you look and pay enough attention, you can be Sherlock Holmes and you can figure out everything before everybody else and got to this more emotional level of people have wants, people have needs, and even if they don't know why they're their tactic mm-hmm. you can still figure out their tactic yeah because it's not just intellectual it's also emotional i, I like what you said about 3d 3d it's this 3d is, it, this yeah. is a working model of thrawn yeah um and it's interesting because you have to focus on thrawn this is thrawn all the way through there's a not a lot of other characters to me that are that have, have any impact i mean we're there are definitely some but you know what i mean like this is there's no in, in heir to the empire thrawn's the bad guy yeah and you when you get to spend time with Thrawn, you're like, oh, cool, we're going back to Thrawn, and then we got a Mara Jade chapter, and uh, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, everything. This is Thrawn all the way through. And some, at times, I thought it was too much Thrawn, but but for you, what you just said, it just, for me, in, in my slower brain, it just, it, it, I saw how he functioned, and it seemed real to me as it played out. Yeah. His rise through the ranks was uh, very well documented and, and explained for me, and it made sense. Yeah. Where, he, yeah. No, where before, the mystery of Thrawn was like he just showed up and now he's in charge and people like him because he's too smart like yeah it made sense I loved also that he had a flaws because I feel like he could he sometimes for me teeters on a wish fulfillment character of you mm-hmm. want to is a reader as a viewer you want to imagine you're the smartest person you want to attach them to the smartest person so the sort of the fantasy of the guy who's always eight million steps ahead of everybody right in the fact that he was not good at politics right and that he still couldn't always master basic, that he would still forget some words yeah. and have to go to his aide, uh, Eli Vanto there. Um, and also that he was sometimes rude and brusque when he didn't mean to be because he couldn't, he even though he yeah. studied it, he still couldn't master the niceties. Yeah. Like, okay, well, there's now, there's a fully fledged character because he's brilliant, but he does have these flaws. And, and the resistance to him um, on some level it was ego by a lot of other people of the Empire. He's just yes. besting them. And others, uh, you know, there's just kind of the, 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 the long-held knowledge that uh, sometimes get, would get pushed aside and even some of the newer canon stuff of the Empire doesn't like aliens and everything. It started to really kind of play out in some of the more recent books and, and this one, it's really clear and really nicely done and you can see how he had to overcome that as well Yeah, uh, and in doing that, doing that angered people. Uh, yeah. He wasn't loved, you know, and that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't need Thrawn to be loved because I never thought he was. Yeah, and it was very realistic, uh, conflicts where it was either like they they didn't want to ignore his military successes but mm-hmm. they he wasn't great at the politics and there's you know so much pettiness yeah i think you know each chapter begins with some of his like wisdom on the art of war you know thrones yeah. art of war and one of the ones that i really liked because i thought it was really powerful of that uh once you have power no one's really going to question you because they're going to assume that you should be competent because you're at a level of power, but that's clearly not going on in the empire. Right. That's a thing that I feel powerfully in real life. Yes. <laughs> that sang yes. to me, that resonated. Uh, so I really like that uh, element of it. And I thought, this is such a weird thing to say. Oh, this was some great speciesism in this book. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is. They play around with that idea, but the fact that everybody did, uh, I like that they, the detail that the Clone Wars is partially responsible for the empire's uh, speciesism or racism. That was great. 
That was great. Like, yeah, explain we explain more. Yeah. Well, so all these people turned against us. The Umbarns turned against us. Right. And blah blah blah. All of these uh, aliens turned against Coruscant, which is mostly human world, even though right. we have the Senate there. That mm-hmm. oh well, that's a way to sow distrust because they they revolted once. Right. Uh, it was great, and then I just loved that it was all intertwined with. It wasn't the racism of you're foreign to us, so we, we fear you because you're different. Mm-hmm. It was the institutionalized. Yeah. That yeah. it was tied up with class. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, nobody cares if a Chiss works at a Dexter's Diner. They'll just be like, weird. Yeah. Glowing red eyes guy. But a Chiss who wants to have a position of power. Right. That's not okay. And that's that very grounded, real world, institutionalized yeah. hatred. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, it plays out a little bit, too, with Eli Vanto constantly being tossed aside because he's a wild spacer. Yeah. Uh, different background, different. You're not you're not from the inner circle. You're not from the upper crust. You're yeah. not from uh, the, the galaxy's 1%, I guess you could say, on Coruscant. Uh, and Eli Vanto, who's, who rises in the ranks slowly, uh, but eventually <laughs> surely with, with uh, Thrawn's side, he's also our point of view character. I thought that played out w- well, too. Oh, yeah, the point of view thing. Yeah. Like, it really reminded me of Doctor Who. I'm a big Doctor Who guy, mm. and that's, you know, what the companion is there for not only for camaraderie sure. but also to be like hey why'd you do that thing doctor you know Ivanto like <laughs> please to explain sir <laughs> yeah like look it's either this or a monologue direct at the camera and uh so he's yeah great point of view character and I think the fact that Thrawn had a relationship with somebody else and you were at least invited to ask mm-hmm. does he really does Thrawn really like Vanto or is he using him does he care about him to me a camaraderie did build up it did eventually I, I i don't think early on though i think it was a tool but i think there was a connection because eli vanto knew of the chiss knew how to speak the language and all that kind of stuff but event towards the end it almost was heartwarming yeah it was you know um, yeah and then eli vanto spends the whole book most of the book upset his, he just wanted to be a supply officer. He wanted to boss Bodie Rook around. Yeah. And, and instead, <laughs> instead he's, uh, you know, suffers some losses, is held back from promotions. He's an ensign for a long time. and uh, But in the process, you start, I loved how Eli Vanto started to learn. And Thrawn was like, yes. and what do you see, Eli? And he's making, he's sculpting Eli into a, a better leader and a better military yeah, tactician. Which we get a get great payoff for. But yeah, that was another moment that uh, sort of human the very uh, tactical military perspective that is there mm-hmm. in a lot of the book is I have had that relationship with friends uh, who are the kind of people who really value, like, I am going to think eight steps ahead. Right. And then sometimes it gets annoying. Like, board games I've played with with dear friends who are mm. just like, dude, playing a, video, or a board game, yeah. it's, we've already been playing for eight hours. We got to wrap this up. They're rubbing their chin and thinking about the tactics and the philosophy. And then at the end of the day, they win. And you're like, I was so annoyed with you. And damn it, you are that smart. Yeah. And that that Vanto had that relationship with them of like, yeah, what are you doing, you weirdo? You condescend. Oh, man, you're brilliant and actually quite nice. Damn it. One of the other things I liked, and I, I think you had to love it too, on page 175, just a throat for a, 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 a quote from Thrawn, from not Zahn, but Thrawn. 
uh, when talking about the Clone Wars, he is, he says everything about that era interests me. It made me think of you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just that uh, there's a lot of Clone Wars talk in here. A lot of talk about that era, and it starts very close to that. Yeah, um, and it should be interesting to note the 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 first two chapters are based on the uh, it's a short story that came out in 1995 uh, called The Mist Encounter. I do believe I'm going to double check myself um, that uh, is essentially reworked for this story and it's how the Empire found Thrawn when he's exiled he's on this planet and uh, you know he outsmarts his team yeah uh, and I did like that too I liked that beginning I had not read that short story no before. me neither um, it's, a, it's a legend story for sure published in 95 but uh, a lot of the same characters uh, including uh, Captain Park who's the one who kind of is impressed by Thrawn and takes okay. him to the Emperor all that kind of stuff Eli Vantos new to the story um, what I like that I like that how it, it really showed Thrawn in action too, where he's because uh, he, he's such a mind mind based character, yeah. a mental uh, warrior. To see him actually outsmart troops on the ground, cadets on the ground was kind of cool. Great introduction to the series for me for the book too. Yeah, and it kept his physicality alive, so he was a threatening presence. So you kind of kept waiting for Thrawn to get mad. Right. You see that one great passage where he yells, and, and Vanto's right. like, I've never seen you angry. And he's like, no, it was a tactic. <laughs> it was a tactic. Um, but again, it, there's V-Wings, there's Venager-class starships. Yeah. Uh, we got the Buzz Droids. Buzz Droids are important to this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you feel about that? You had to have had a little bit of joy, right? Oh, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. I've always liked the Buzz Droids. I like so many things. Uh, like, like Thrawn, I'm fascinated with that era, but like this everything in this book did a really good job i would say maybe even almost too good of a job of getting it grounded in in reality and making the star wars galaxy feel like it really functions right. in this logical way in that oh, in particular that it wasn't just um the the dunium value uh, the the rare ore that was in the buzz droid yeah but i love the perspective of throng cuz i think it's true in the real world of that fear of losing the old ways that mm-hmm. uh, you just because you make new technology doesn't mean that it can automatically defeat old technology because the okay. way the new technology functions yeah. doesn't necessarily work against old technology. There's right. a great scene with the vulture droids where they're used mm-hmm. basically to exploit the hubris of the new technology. Right. That new is just better. And to me, there's like great layers there to that well, idea. As, as someone at home who's currently struggling with a 5G internet network uh, router destroying his PS4 because <laughs> it can't connect and it's destroying everything and I can't be online for more than two minutes, yeah, I understand. Wouldn't you just like to blow into a Nintendo cassette? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or at least put a CD into a Sega at this point. Absolutely. Um, uh, we we always don't break down the overall plot. We assume at this point you've read the book. But yeah. This is overall Thrawn's discovered, joins the Academy, rises through the ranks, has an uh, arch nemesis known as Night Swan. In the meantime, Arenda Price is going on. So I want to go a little bit to the Arenda Price stuff because yeah. this is both good and bad for me. Uh, and this maybe can transition the conversation um, as we jump around here for sure. But Arenda Price from Rebels, uh, Governor on Lothal, an Imperial rebel. I guess, I, I you know... Governor Tarkin, you hear all these governors, and I love uh, love to appoint Governor Price on Rebels, but it's a background character for sure. Yeah. So here is this character is fleshed out, and her her rise through the ranks, which is equally as impressive as as Thrones, but it leads to this question, Joseph, that that I know you want to pose, uh, and I'll set you up for it here. Is <laughs> of this is very much a Rebels season three prequel. Yes. And for the first time ever, for a Star Wars novel, 
I feel some people could be lost. Yes. Am I wrong or right? No, I think you are right. I think that, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast, so many of the canon books use main characters or main events Mm -hmm. and really invite you in. This book, I feel like you can't just be like, I saw The Force Awakens Mm -hmm. a year and a half ago, and now I'm going to read this book. I think you'd be really, really confused because it draws from Rebels. It took a very long time for the dime to drop for me that Arinda Price was Governor Price from Rebels. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you were the only one. Uh, uh, Some people on the clutter office said the same thing, too. Yeah, and and it was fine. It actually made it more enjoyable for Mm -hmm. me when I was like, oh... This really human person that I've been with mm-hmm. is going to turn out to be this person who looks on the on the show like a little bit of a two dimensional angry imperial. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed her journey of like how do you how do you get to that place where you're that right, angry right. and hateful and sure of yourself. But yeah, I mean, there's so many just really minor details, mm-hmm. very light touching on on major characters. You get short scenes with Palpatine and then Palpatine's in the background. You get some great scenes with Governor Tarkin, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, but there's not a lot of main characters to carry you through. Yeah. And there are many passages or parts of the book where I feel like um, there's a mixture of Star Wars terms mm-hmm. and there's kind of more real-worldy terms. A lot. There's Chrono for a watch. There's Calf for coffee. But mm-hmm. then, like, just people like, get up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just at 2 a.m. and go to the restroom. Yeah, and go to the restroom, not the refresher, yeah. which they just established on Rebels. Yeah. That bathrooms were called refreshers. Yeah. But it's much like the real world. Yeah. You can have more than one name for a thing. Well, but, mind you, this is the man that brought hot chocolate to the Star Wars universe. I never forget that. And I try not to obsess <laughs> on that because I know some people are fine with the hot chocolate. The uh-huh. hot chocolate has, has always yes. been stuck in my craw, my yes. hot chocolate craw. It's so <laughs> gross. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of that and a lot of that just kind of real world stuff of mm-hmm. you could easily pick this up. You could read for a little while, you'd maybe see Star Wars words like Coruscant, but then you'd be reading about some woman named Arenda Price who's got fired and ha- now has a new job at uh, apartmentseeker.com Coruscant, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with, but it's just yeah. very, very different than Darth Vader's on Ryloth and right, he's cutting right. apart monster creatures with Palpatine. And this it, is just so not that. And sometimes you, you and I love that. We love the uh, Dexter Jetster having a, a diner on a yeah. ta- on Coruscant, Attack the Clones, and I, I love the it's everyday life on Coruscant. There was there was at times almost too much ever, everyday life for me. But I love I love Price's climb. I thought she's a very smart character. Yeah. Uh, it added. It now makes me almost want, kind of want to rewatch some of the Rebel stuff from season three because I, I felt. I'll be honest with you. Here's what I thought. I thought that character, when it showed up in Rebels, cool. We needed a female uh, bad guy, uh, bad girl. Uh, She's there. She's got power. And uh, Uma Thurman, like you said, from Pulp Fiction. I think think, uh, uh, Kate Blanchett from Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, She can fist fight. End of story. And I didn't dislike the character, but just kind of was like, cool, whatever. Uh, This is a great flushing out of that character. It absolutely made me just want to go watch season three of Rebels right then right. to connect the dots with this character, which is right. great. That's what sometimes these books should do. Mm-hmm. They should make you want to watch the other media and buy right. the other stuff. But if you don't, and I know a lot of people actually who don't watch Rebels or don't watch it religiously, have seen a couple episodes, even our, our good friend Jennifer Land is a, a season or two behind. Yeah. Um, this book might not have that effect. I don't yeah. know, because I don't know if the price story was... 
I guess it served its purpose. She's now the political uh, help and, and liaison for Thrawn. Yeah. And that was established. But, but you know, there's if, – if you're a fan of Rebels and there's the, the great exchange uh, early on uh, when, when Thrawn is introduced in, in Rebels, he's talking to Agent Callus. Callus is very much aware who he is. And they have, uh, have an exchange where uh, Thrawn uh, says, the Emperor recently promoted me after my victory at Bataan. And Callus says, civilian casualties outnumber the insur- insurgents at time. Price jumps in. Acceptable margins, Agent Callus, for they're no longer <laughs> Rebels in that sector. And – that, as it turns out, is the big third act climax yeah. of this novel. Uh, which, so as a Rebels fan, I was like, oh, great. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm asking almost to the people, anyone out there. Again, you probably read the book and watch Rebels if you're listening, but it's like, <laughs> did this have the impact as much? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I watch Rebels. I don't, I watch Rebels every week. If it's a big episode like Twin Suns, I'll sometimes mm-hmm. rewatch it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes I lose details of Rebels and I, you know, I was thrilled to yeah. see Thrawn. I love all of his art stuff in there. I did not remember that exact change, exchange of dialogue mm-hmm. to have it have weight when I read the book. Yeah. So for me, the sort of twin, I mean, Aranda Price is kind of the B story. Like she gets mm-hmm. more and more, uh, uh, her story Definitely. gets more and more space as the, as the book goes on mm-hmm. and their stories intertwine. But I felt like for me, not only was she there to make this the prequel to Rebels mm-hmm. season three, um, but also to illustrate this idea that when you're dealing with like tactics, you're dealing not only with military brilliance, but you're dealing with just the organic craziness of life, of mm. who ends up in your path and why. And it feels like we get to hear so much of her story, not only to show her growth to celebrate mm-hmm. her as a character, mm-hmm. but just to show, like, for Thrawn, like, at these certain points, she shows up in his existence. Yeah. She has these pressures. She has these desires. And they happen to align, and they right. can use one another. So it seems like... They wanted a B story for somebody who wasn't close to mm-hmm. Thrawn to illustrate that sort of like, I can look at the patterns of life bouncing around and I can indicate when to strike. Right. And here's a human example of that. Right. Right. And that's, that's deep stuff. And sometimes this book to me was too deep. <laughs> and I don't mean, I'm not opposed to good spiritual story in Star Wars universe. I'm not opposed to the politics of it all. There's sometimes I, Joseph, just got lost in what was going on. Yeah. I got to tell you, when Night Swan, who's kind of the arch nemesis of Thrawn, this is one of the reasons I do want to read it again, because I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying uh, this part of the chapter. But when it was revealed, I was like, oh, yeah, that's we, I've heard that name's popped up. Who's that? Oh, that character. What was that character? Oh, he was early on. I didn't follow that. <laughs> yeah, I ended up reading most of it in shorter uh, uh, bursts. I, I did some late night reading and I got tired. Because uh, it yeah, is yeah. a book that demands Slow. your attention, mm-hmm, um, and mm-hmm. it doesn't like it's never like hey, it's the fourth page since a lightsaber. So, right. um, but then I wrote it uh, mostly in kind of a couple big chunks together, and that helped. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it uh, it doesn't lead you by the nose. So so much of the discussion early on mm-hmm. is about something's going on with Dunium and generally mining right. resources. That's another point of Arena Price's story, to have that perspective right. and inf- give the reader information about how mining works in Star Wars, um, which gives you an example. That's a sentence. That's a pull quote of this podcast. It's about how mining works in Star Wars. So that's yeah. both awesome, and that's what it is. But, uh, but what I was rambling toward is uh, 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 just the idea that... Um, uh, uh, so many things early on are mm-hmm. about clearly we know it's Death Star. 
Yeah, yeah. That's what's the going on with the mining stuff, and that's real fun if you're a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. You followed all of the Death Star storytelling. Yeah. But then with Night Swan, I kept going back and forth of like, okay, is this supposed to be just a pirate who's making money off right. of the Death Star? Is this supposed to be a rebel who is building up resources or trying to thwart the Death Star? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be Bail Organa? Is this going to be somebody right. we know? So right. it felt like a lot of it was we're giving you stuff that you as a deep Star Wars fan know. Mm-hmm. And inviting all these questions. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I wish I wish Night Swan had been more of a actual uh, uh, a villain, so to speak, to Thrawn. If Thrawn's our hero, yeah. Um, I, I I know he th- he he thwarted Thrawn a little bit, or at least frustrated Thrawn. Thrawn was obsessed with him. Yeah, that was all very clear to me. A weakness for Thrawn. That was nice. A weakness. Yeah, I, I, that was all very clear to me. But I I would have. I guess some there was at times. That's why I've said up top that this was all Thrawn, and maybe almost too much Thrawn for me at times. Is um, I didn't feel there was. I never thought Thrawn would lose. I just was here to find out how he rose in the ranks. Uh, does that make sense? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, or it's like, I, and again, you know the end result because you've seen Rebels three and you blah blah blah. But it's like I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel there was more. Dire. I just felt Thrawn was always going to figure it out. Yeah, and this Night Swan character was. Gonna be figured out. Yeah. I have a thought on Night Swan, but you reminded me of another thing. I think that's Jump. part of what's what's interesting about the book, and depending on you as a reader, good, bad, or maybe in between, right. because we know this is the progression of Thrawn's story. We know he's gonna succeed. We know right. he's gonna become a Grand Admiral. Mm-hmm. Each little mini-adventure that he solves, mm-hmm. at the beginning, like the first five pages of a ten-page mini-Thrawn adventure feels like, we're learning more new characters, more new ideas for this specific little scenario. Right. Is this going to matter? And then the back half of his adventure, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And his book goes on and on. It collects and collects and collects. Right. But it is presented. It's not like at the beginning of the chapter of, like, chapter two, becoming Commodore. (laughs) You know, you don't know the stakes of the scene. And it's not trying to tell you. Right. You know, it's not trying to play its hand and tell you. Right. The stakes are just saying, like, you pay attention to this adventure, and trust me, 100 pages from now, if you remember that character's name and the specific planet they were stealing ore from and how, mm-hmm. it's all going to add up. So right. it's just, it's a book about patience. It's a book about patience. And it's also a book about, you know, can you trust, uh, can you learn things before Thrawn does? Yeah. <laughs> you know, can, <laughs> I, it was like a lesson book. And again, that's, I, I want to I pause to be clear, like, this is this was a win of a book. Zahn's a great writer, uh, but there was these little thing, times I just I I I wasn't as invested as as I wanted to be in a Thrawn novel. Yeah. Now there's little wins along the way. Uh, I loved the stuff of the Emperor, both the beginning and end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love any of the things with Emperor. I loved uh, Tarkin mm-hmm. and Wolf uh, Wolf Yularen. Oh, I loved Wolf Yularen. I don't know why I've become obsessed with Wolf Yularen. I think it's because when I was watching the Clone Wars animated series the first time around, mm-hmm. I was like, I like this guy who seems a little bit more like he's from the Empire. And like yeah. he's frustrated with the Jedi doing things crazy way. And he's just sort of like fussy British man. Yeah, yeah. Fussy British military man. So then to learn that, like, yeah, he's all on board. He never has any, yeah. like, what happened to the Jedi? Is this right? He's just, he's a company man. And I yeah. like the way he was presented in this book. It, it's because it's a, it's one of the characters that, again, you know, Yularen uh, is on the Death Star. He's he's the one in white uh, uh, around the conference room table. And so to take it's what Star Wars we love so much is Kenner fans of the toys in the yeah. in the eighties. You know, little side characters get get entries in data banks and all that stuff. Yularen <laughs> is this whole backstory is built of this guy, been built of this guy that is great. He's a Clone War. He was he, he fought for the Republic. The good 
good guys, right? Yeah. How does he end up high up on the Empire? And then what you're explaining starts to happen. And then, you know, by the time you pick up in the Rebels. And I thought this was... Um, you know, not that we're going to get a, the rise of Ularan book. Uh, he was already kind of already in position here, but you get to see how he functions. You get to see how, how he recognized Thrawn as, as a good weapon of the Empire and a good asset and, and, a, and a person that he wanted to work with and seemed disappointed when he thought Thrawn was a traitor. Uh, um, I like I like uh, Ularan. He encompasses a lot of different history of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. And, and also and in a good way. Yeah, and I mean, he, along with a lot of other characters, do just present that, like, I'm totally detached from these planets that mm-hmm. are being just violated right. by the Empire. I don't really hang out with the Emperor enough to just be mm-hmm. creeped out by yellow eyes emanating evil. And he's just right. a guy doing it. He's just a rich guy doing his thing. Right. You know? And yes. it's frighteningly similar to what the real world can be if you don't see any suffering. You're right. like, what? What? I'm going to go have my chocolate cake. <laughs> What's Not going spill on? it on my white suit, because I'm a very fancy person. Very fancy. Um, the book itself, the tone, it reminded me a lot of the Tarkin book, Lucina's Tarkin yeah. book. The journey of the rise of someone and little lessons along the way. In fact, they even they make reference to the, the, the pirate queen that Tarkin puts down in yeah. that book. It shows up, uh, is mentioned here. Thrawn uses it as a threat. A similar rise. And so that uh, I, I liked the Tarkin stuff in here as well. Tarkin was great. Yeah. Uh, I, the thing that I'm always wanting to see, and I really got in this book, is differentiating all these mm-hmm. brilliant Imperials. Of like, all right, yeah. well, we see them get their asses kicked a lot by right. the Rebels, so they, they have to really be brilliant. And they have to be brilliant in different ways. Right. And I think at some points you could see Tarkin and Thrawn having too many similarities, and now they're, through these two books, totally distinct characters yeah. with totally distinct places in the galaxy and the canon, and that's really... Right. Awesome. I like that Tarkin is a sort of a fierce warrior and he likes fear and intimidation and he likes control and power and the fact that Thrawn is a much more slow and thoughtful guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it makes them very, very different. They're not they're both good tacticians, but from completely different perspectives. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it played it played out well. Um, did uh, uh, th- this thing comes up here? Uh, we start talking about the implications of the story, and yeah. the canon stuff here. Um, you got the Death Star stuff, too, which, by the way, uh, you know, would you have wanted Krennic to show up at all, or Galen Erso to show up at all? You know, this this uh, whole book was so dancing around the edges of things that we knew, where you were almost just like, but just go a little bit. They mentioned the rebels. That we know from Rebels. Right. You know? Right. And they mention they figure out exactly where the Death Star is. Yeah. Uh, there's a part of me, since it was so all about the Imperials and their perspectives, there was a part of me that would have liked to see Krennic just to add to that collection of, here are all these different Imperials who are very different one, from one another yeah. with very different perspectives. And Krennic is almost like wannabe Thrawn in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. Where he tries to play hollow chess and move all the pieces into places. Yeah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. He's just bad Thrawn. Yeah, and so, like, Thrawn never gets upset and just yells at people. He did it once as a tactic. Yeah. But that, I think that's why you and I is yeah. f- frustrated middle-aged men. <laughs> Krennic, he's a frustrated middle-aged man. Yeah, just was great. Get, get, get recognized. Uh, yeah. So that would have been fun to just see a little bit of that. Like, maybe at a party. Not even uh, with that, the Death Star. Well, that, that's where I was heading. Because okay, okay. I thought, once you start... You know, right from the get-go, you're like, oh, the Empire's mining a bunch of stuff. And, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, Death Star, Death Star. 
And then you got the slave uh, Wookiees being taken to an unknown location. I'm like, all yeah, right, we got the yeah. Death Star coming. The Death Star's coming. Uh, something's going on. And then there's all these party scenes, and I'm like, well, this would have been right in the time where Krennic's hub-nubbing, hob-nubbing, yeah. rubbing shoulders. I was like, it's going to happen. We're going to see Krennic. Or maybe a frustrated Galen Erso in the corner having a drink, not wanting to talk to anybody. Uh, you know, Lyra Erso. I thought I thought it might have happened. It oh, didn't happen. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. But how do you feel now with as these canon novels just keep rolling out? And God bless it. I love that I yeah. have these canon novels. You have and you have 19 years to play with from from Sith to New Hope. Yeah. But a lot of these separate stories that are happening, this is really going around at the same time as Catalyst. This is really is, but it's these two separate worlds. And the Empire is certainly big enough for this. Yeah. I'd like because I'm sure we if it was too connected, we complain uh, these stories. Exactly. Are, um, it's both interesting and slightly not frustrating, but just like oh, could 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 cross some of these streams. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like and so I I thought that a lot through this book. Yeah. It, it almost in a total nerd bubble way. I'm like, I'm almost giggling. Like, oh, this is happening, but over here, Krennic and Galen are so they're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but anyways, this whole book, all the way through, I was thinking about the other canon stuff. But there's implications in this book for the rest of the story. There's totally implications. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, my fan, final answer for Krennic is here's the scene I would love if I yeah. could if I could add this in. Just yeah. sh- I would want uh, uh, Rinda Price to be at a party. And see a guy that she thinks maybe is important, but then his white cape is kind of <laughs> crinkly and dirty compared to other people's capes. And she just goes over to him, and uh, and he's drinking a swirly dip, which was the new alcohol, <laughs> new alcohol. they introduced, which I, I always like my fictional alcohol, so yep. I want to give a shout-out to swirly dip. Yep. And she just decides Krennic's not worth her time. That, that would have been that, great. That would have been great. That would have been great. I would have liked that. But yeah, so the, there are bigger ramifications, as you're talking about, especially towards we, the end of the book. We get to stuff yeah. that's like... Okay, now this isn't just nerd chills. It's cool that Krennic's over in the corner. Mm-hmm. This is big implications for what's in the future. It it ties to uh, stuff in Rebels. It ties to uh, stuff we've already seen, and it ties to stuff we've already read, particularly Empires and in the entire Aftermath trilogy. And it applies, I do definitely believe, and I know you agree, Joseph, to things yet to be revealed. That's right. Yeah. So let's dive into that, yeah. because I'll start off with a negative about this. Okay. Um, I, the... I'm, as some of you know who've listened to Force Center, I'm not a huge EU fan. Didn't read. Stopped after Thrawn. Actually, stopped after the Jedi Academy trilogy. Okay. Would check in every now and then. I wanted to read Outbound Flight, which some some of the characters and, and themes and stories from Zahn's Outbound Flight um, are factor in here. Okay, cool. Um, it's part of the Thrawn story, but I I got to tell you, there's a lot of there's there's a fear in in the back of my mind that we're going to EU. And weird stories that don't really factor in, and at least in my mind, to the main stories. I, I am a saga story guy. I know the galaxy is big. I can accept that there's this race called the Chiss, and it's outside the unknown regions, and it's the Chiss Ascendancy is their 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 organization, their planet. There's a lot. Of, it's not just one planet. It's the whole world. But I'm telling you, man, if this leads to the Yuzon Vong, I, you got to hold me because yeah. I'm out. No, I know. I'm out if it is. I will record 8 million hours of Star Wars counseling myself, and it won't work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Yuuzhan Vong, uh, you know, I've never read those books. I have read yeah. the summaries of them. Here is what I don't like. I've said it before. I'll say it again yeah. quickly. I don't, I love a threat from beyond. That's mm-hmm. great. We can talk more about that because I had some thoughts on that. But I don't like anything that impedes the force. To me, mm-hmm. the force is everywhere. It's not in this galaxy, and then you go to the next o- galaxy right. over, and there's no force. Right. Uh, so I'm fine with threats mm-hmm. from beyond, I can from do unknown that. space. I want weapons or technology that's never been heard of, philosophies that have never been heard of, different interpretations of the force, never been heard of, great. Mm. Amidst a field where the force doesn't work on them, no, I'm out. That's yeah. I'm not I'm not okay with that because it's like a deep philosophical level of like yeah forces everywhere yeah absolutely and now look I directly uh, hope that um, that the evil Thrawn keeps talking about and look it's prevalent 
I'm a Game of Thrones fan. You got the White Walkers. I got it. I, that's I, got it. I thought of you immediately when I read that because it's so White Walkers. I had, I had a tweet exchange recently with with a fan bringing up kind of that same question. Like, what do you feel about the Yuuzhan Vong? What if they're, uh, you know, uh, placed uh, in story much like, say, the White Walkers? And uh, he, I, I will give him, I'm trying to scroll down as fast as I can <laughs> to stall uh, Sander Kemperman. Sander Kemperman. Thanks for the exchange. Uh, he, we came to the same conclusion. We're not huge fans of the Yuuzhan Vongs. And, and he says, I do too. Snakes shouldn't be able to fight lightsabers, which is uh, part of that. But um, I want the Evil Thrones talking about to be Snoke or something right. of Snoke. If you're building towards that and Snoke is Snoke and Snoke isn't Boba Fett or Kitster or anything like that, then I'm I'm very fine, much fine with this ex- new expanded sci-fi Star Wars universe that we're kind of getting. Threats from beyond, all these kind of things going on behind the curtain. And you you talked me through some of the other stuff and the, the Empire's End stuff where I'm like, wait, so the Battle of Endor was really just this thing where the Emperor is more worried about what's out in space. No, no, I get it. And I have came to a positive conclusion after okay. talking to you. But I, I start I start tensing a little bit. Where there's just this, oh, there's something out there. There's something else. Get get the Death Star built. Uh, I think you're wasting your time with the Death Star, uh, Emperor. We got to we got to go out there. Uh, start to pull away. Start yeah. to pull away, Joseph. I don't think the way that everything has been going with the new canon with Lucasfilm. I think I think we're we're having all of these reactions of traditional science fiction because I think the EU had more elements of that. It did. And Yuuzhan Vong certainly uh, represent that. Yep. Uh, elements of Thrawn, the Yasomalri, mm-hmm. uh, represented that. I don't think there's... So we're bringing the baggage. But just yes. the idea yeah. that there is more out there than the mm-hmm. galaxy we know, that's that's fantasy. That's great. Like, it, yeah. I mean, like, like Game of Thrones. It's, it's mm-hmm. stated like Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. the, you know, like the galaxy is dark and full of terrors. Yeah. And that's as long as they... As long as that threat from the other place mm-hmm. still feels like space fantasy, right? Then it's or, fine, or fits fits into Star Wars, which Star Wars to me is good and evil, light and dark, hero's journey, and I, I'm not stubborn enough to say it always has to remain one straight line of the story. I no. love everything that's been done, and the galaxy is big. Uh, it, yeah, I get it. I've seen the maps. I've seen the space maps. There's unknown regions. Awesome. Totally, and, and I love that Thrawn, they touch on Thrawn's trying to build the, uh, give the Emperor the information on hyperspace routes, and yeah. that ties into the very end of Empire's, Empire's End, end. Yep. where Thrawn is mentioned in that. Um, I love all of that. I just, yeah, I just start to, I, I emotionally de- de- disconnect a little bit if the thought emerges that it isn't just about Snoke. That the evil, and I love the idea that the Emperor is called to the evil. That Thrawn's like, there's some stuff out there. And then maybe the Emperor's like, oh, there's some stuff out there. Yeah. I like that. I, I can get behind that a little bit. I don't know. This will be a Star Wars counseling one day, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll see. But I do think it's Snoke. And uh, you, you, you were kind of laying it out. But uh, uh, it's so purposeful. And it's in so many recent novels. Yes. Like back-to-back Empires and Thrawn that they just very clearly laid out that the mm-hmm. birth of the First Order is a dedicated plan of Palpatine's to navigate hyperspace in a way that nobody has ever done before to get to these unknown regions where there's some sort of evil, some sort of power. And then we immediately find out he got those exact instructions of how to get to that space Mm -hmm. from Thrawn. It is so building to that. And I don't believe that they're in a place where like, ah, we're telling our sequel uh, movies Mm -hmm. 
And then we're going to just tell this whole other story that in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens is that evil from another place. <laughs> it's a yeah. First Order side adventure. Like, you know, did you know the First Order almost was eaten by these weird monsters you saw in Vong? Here's a, here's a side book series. I, yeah. I have always thought, mm-hmm. there, there, I, I want to think it's in Tarkin. It might be in Lords of Sith. I don't mm-hmm. even remember. There's one or two lines about mm-hmm. the Emperor being fascinated with what's beyond. Really early in canon. And since then... Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. I'm you're breaking right. my arm, patting myself on the back. But mm-hmm. since then, I've thought, Snoke is just from another place mm-hmm. that we don't know in the galaxy with a different philosophy of the Force, with mm-hmm. a different philosophy of the dark side. Maybe yeah. the power is Ren. Maybe there's some yeah. horrendous thing, some anomaly in space, <laughs> some Cthulhu-like monster called yeah. a Ren floating right. in there that dark yeah. side emanates from. And that's what, Who knows what it is? Yeah. But I do really think that that's where we're going in the sequel trilogy. And the, this yeah. is just really well-layered stuff for yeah. people who want to spend a lot of time looking yeah. at it and thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and, and counter myself, I know I, I get to, you know, if, if these stories are going to keep coming out and these movies are going to keep coming out, well, how many times can it be about someone trying to be good who goes dark and uh, yeah. the Empire's battling the Rebels, the resistance, resistance battling the First Order? I get there's some repetitive nature in that. I guess I just, I, I would like it to, to keep it into that hero's journey stories all the time. Roughly about it. Everything building back to that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, even something like Lords of the Sith is is about uh, Vader trying to come to grips with being Vader and all that kind of – an emperor testing him. I liked all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, just sometimes when it goes off, some things – the comics sometimes go into weird places. But those are comics and I get it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And it was mentioned early on. Uh, you're right. There was a little line and, and, I, and I would expect the emperor to want to uh, – um, you ever that moment when you're like realizing you're 40 talking about the emperor like he's a real person? <laughs> and I just had that moment. Knowing his feelings? Yeah. Uh, I, that would make sense that the emperor would be searching outside. And, and I love that Thrawn is the guy. I love that Thrawn's the guy. I just, yeah. I had that Yuzon Vong fear because they almost made it to Clone Wars. Yeah. They almost made it to Clone Wars. And uh, I, I think it could have uh, been used in a different way. Yeah. Just like Black Sun, maybe we don't have Prince Zizor anymore. Yeah, but we, we have Black, Black Sun. Sun. Yeah. I, I could be fine with that. Yeah. I, you know, and I thought, I think on going in your big picture, like, I think the movies, for the most part, mm-hmm. even the spinoffs until we get way far away in mm-hmm. anthologies or something crazy, um, they're going to be about a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to introduce more gray area. And then when we get into these novels in particular where you can really dive down, it's super yeah. playing with the gray area. And that, that was a thing uh, a while back. I wanted to say something about Night Swan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk more about some of the revelations at the end. But I feel like Night Swan ultimately was this experiment in let's play with the gray areas because we mm-hmm. learn. It's basically when at the end when Night Swan and Thrawn have their conversation. Yeah. It's well written to not be so stereotypical as the, we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> but I think that's what's happening. Yes. Is that they're both are like, uh, we learn that Thrawn really doesn't want to kill, maybe out of mm-hmm. uh, humanity, chismanity, uh, maybe out of just seeing people as resources yeah. and why waste resources. But they're both like, we really just, we want, we both want good things for every sentient being. Yeah. We want them to live in peace and we have these very different, different ways. To do we it. have different takes of how to do it. And we almost align. We almost align. And that to me was just a great yeah. payoff of the book and a great celebration that the movies are heroes journeys. Yeah. You're going to nerd out and dive deep into a, a book. You're going to get much more of the intricate gray area. 
Right, and I'm good. And to be clear, I'm good with that. I'm yeah. good with that. I just I get scared. I get scared, Joseph. I understand. Hold, I, yeah, I hold myself at night sometimes. There were some uh, great uh, revelations at the end of this story, and uh, diving into some of those, and all through it actually from the beginning, some mentioned uh, in the in the middle, and definitely brought up at the end. Uh, Anakin Skywalker yeah. and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, have met. Yep. They've teamed up. They've fought side by side. And it is probably the reason Thrawn was saved in front of the Emperor. Uh, and it definitely factors into the end. Yeah. What is this thing with Anakin? Yeah. I. That's To me, that's fascinating. That's one of the other, either a very juicy clue or a very juicy red herring mm-hmm. in that we know that uh, Kylo, at least, is obsessed mm-hmm. with his grandfather. Right. I don't think it was clear in this adventure whether or not Thrawn had made his way into our galaxy Mm -hmm. or Anakin had been over there a little bit or if they're in the sort of really edges wild spaces areas where... It's, Vonto is from? No, it is the other way around. He, there is a, a, an all credit to Alex. The Star Wars explained. I was looking at some of his notes. Uh, it is a planet. I want to say Sakuro. Sakuro, yeah. Uh, and it is it is it is rather much on the other side. Thrawn would have had to travel. Okay, so Thrawn's he bouncing was, around. He was now. sent deep into the galaxy. Okay, so Thrawn's bouncing around in our galaxy. Okay, so mm-hmm. then that's not as juicy. To me, if it was Anakin himself got super in his random adventures in the Clone Wars. Right. Got super into it. Was there something that Vader knew or that Kylo could be connected to? But no. Maybe not. Sorry, did I break your heart? No. I'm trying to find it on this map again. Uh, But yeah, double check it. And and who knows? Maybe I misinterpret things and I'm completely wrong. But I do believe it was very much kind of this... uh, uh, Thrawn went deep into enemy territory, so to speak, to to do this mission. Okay, so then it's just a random adventure with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, so not not a lot to that then, but except for uh, uh, maybe more Anakin stories to be told, which we can talk more about that. Right. Um, so we talked a little bit about kind of the implications for uh, if this is going to tie into the sequel trilogy. Did you? How did you feel about and the Anakin mentions? Did you feel like they were just enough? Not enough? Just enough for me. I love okay. it. I love because the the, the uh, excerpt from the book that was released teased this uh, yeah. this thing. Actually, we, it was was the chapter where Thrawn's like, "Oh, I'm uh, hung out with this guy named Anakin Skywalker." <laughs> he spoke pretty highly of you. I love that Thrawn. Um, whether he knew more at that time, but just like he always spoke highly of Palpatine. Oh, you're the Palpatine guy, and 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 Thrawn had been doing some studying. The the Chiss had sent him out there to study the Empire. Yeah. Um, I like that, but I really liked how it played out. The end. I know, I, I, I didn't think we were going to get the answers. Like no. Vader was going to emerge. Oh, Thrawn, good buddy! Remember the good time we had. <laughs> this bump, yeah. But I loved. I, I believe in my nerd heart that when Vader walked in and uh, the way they write it, the way Thrawn writes it, I believe Thrawn knew right away it was him or knew it was him. Yeah. That they talked. He talked to Vanekin. Was a very confident guy. Da da da. And then and then he's kind of describing Vader in the same way. And it just had one of those Thrawn wouldn't be. Hey, it's you. I wonder what happened to you. Yeah. Just that Thrawn's like, uh huh. Right. That I hadn't picked up on the the double confident. Like he talks a lot about Vader being confident. But you're right that he he described Anakin earlier that way. Mm-hmm. We also get uh, throughout the book, which we haven't talked a lot about, is Thrawn's uh, uh, summing people up in guessing uh, what they're all about based on their body language and his superior vision. Yes. So maybe he can even just see through those goggles and see the tortured eyes of Anakin (laughs) Skywalker. And and sorry, because I'm a nerd, I am definitely confirming that uh, uh, Socorro 
was near Ryloth, which is uh, not too far from Scarif and Tatooine. In other words, on the entire other side of the galaxy okay. from where Chiss space is. Well, this is, I think, one of our most productive podcasts because we have just raised a question and answered it. Ding, ding, ding. Killed that red herring dead. So, yeah, there's nothing there about Wild Space with Anakin. Just yeah. a weird, random adventure. Um, so yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit mm-hmm. about where Thrawn will end. Yeah. Because it certainly seemed to me at the very end when we see Vonto being sent off. Yeah. That there's a past tense there. Yes. That Thrawn is gone. Yes. Yes. You're who? Yes, yes, yes. I, and this ties to the big question, the at Empire's end, where Ray Sloan and everyone's heading out to the eclipse. Yeah. And they're going to that ship and like, who's on that ship? Yeah. Who's on that ship from the Empire? I don't think necessarily a, that it's Eli Vanto, though I could see that. Yeah. Now. Um, but I I thought for a second, ooh, it's thrown out there. Yeah. Imagine it. I could see that. Okay. I could see that. But what you're saying is, is I think, more accurate. And tied into what the Bendu says ooh, at the end of season yes. three, I've seen your death. Like many arms or hands, whatever, grabbing you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen your end. I, I, I think Thrawn goes in four. I think Thrawn goes in Rebels season four mm-hmm. because I think that that's maybe a part of the reason this book is so tied to Rebels ultimately mm-hmm. is that our heroes in Rebels can only have a small victory because they're not going to steal the plans for the Death Star. They're not going to blow up the Death Star. Right. They need a true heroic win. Yeah. And I think our Rebels taking down Thrawn is their big heroic win. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're, the- Great way to say it. Great way to say it. Yeah, I think that's what happens here. And who knows? Maybe Vanto goes on. I, you know, again, he's he he at the end of the book is sent to join the Chiss army, the the Chiss ascendancy. Yeah, he's out there. So so that wouldn't make necessary sense that he'd end up on the Imperials uh, Superstar Destroyer Eclipse. Um, but I could see. I wouldn't be surprised if Ray shows up and he's like, "Hey, my name's Eli. What's going on?" Yeah, maybe he's infiltrating the First Order from the Chiss Ascendancy. Because yeah, I don't think the First Order is the same as the Chiss. Yeah, you know, no, no, definitely, definitely not. But but it just maybe it maybe over the over the course of these times, it's be what four or five years yeah. that Vanta went out there. Because this this uh, this book ends about a. You know, right up to season three of Rebels, which that's two years before New Hope. New Hope to yeah. New Jedi. You're looking five, six years, whatever. Uh, the Vento, you know, from there, you got a couple years. Chiss and hey, the Empire's out here too. You want to hang out with my old buddies? And they're good. <laughs> Tr- trust me, they're good. They're good. Yeah. They're cool. They're cool. Uh, I-, I could see it there too. And and I would kind of like that if it all kind of connects. I don't yeah. know when we're going to get that answer though of who's on the Eclipse. We might never. It might be another book. It might be the movie. Well, now that we know, we have. Uh the potential of way out there in the different unknown galaxy, we have two different forces. Yeah. So, like, maybe we do get First Order spinoff books, not oh, movies, yeah. but, like, we, you know, the First Order had to put yeah. down the Chiss insurgency. Right, right. The Chiss resistance. The Chiss, the Chistance. The Chistance. The Chistance. The Well, let's uh, start to draw the close here. Uh, we, we can have some final thoughts. One thing I do want to say, I had this uh, quote. Uh, so... Uh, Air of the Empire, what came out in ninety one? I was in high school, uh, yeah. forming my view of the life, uh, view of life, view of the world. And uh, there was always a quote. There was a moment from Thrawn. There was a Thrawn quote, uh, and I, uh, my books are in storage, so I hope I'm remembering one hundred percent correct. It might be a slight paraphrase. There is a moment in one of those books where Thrawn says it to to someone, "If you have a problem, eliminate the problem." 
And I carried that all through life. Just kind of a, it's one of those, you know, leadership things. We have a problem. We're going to eliminate the problem. Let's work on the problem. We're going to do it. That might mean I kill you or send a star destroyer into it. No, you know, no. Um, but there is on page 262, there is a moment where uh, Thrawn is talking about, uh, um, uh, he's talking with Vanto. Uh, what about you, Commander? Why do you seek a high rank? And it was a question many asked over the years. Thrawn had asked it himself. The answer never seemed to satisfy the questioner. Thrawn says, because there are problems that must be solved, and some cannot be solved by anyone except me. Yeah. And I, uh, when I read that, I jumped out of my seat a little bit like, oh, Thrawn is still solving problems his way. <laughs> That's and right. that informed me in the 90s, and I still love it now. <laughs> so that was a great little moment for It's me. beautiful. There's that, it's that great a moment of uh, a confluence of responsibility and ego mm-hmm. of I'm going to take responsibility. It's so funny. I was just talking to my wife, uh, my first manager when I worked at Kinko's, uh, was a little bit of a crazy guy. He was very obsessive and it made everybody work very hard, but I, I rose up in the ranks much like Thrawn. <laughs> and he, he told me one day, he's like, you know why you're doing better than your coworkers? You yeah. make problems go away. Yeah, so there you he, go. He, so he just totally thronged me, and I didn't know it. There so I go. always think about that. I'm like, that's how to get things done. Identify a problem and just fully resolve it. There's lessons to be learned from 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 Thrawn, and so Joseph, how can we Kinko's. learn from Thrawn? Uh, I, you how know, can we learn the uh, game of noticing details to make our lives better? Yeah. How? What? Where? Why? I think this is always the thing. You watch an episode of like Sherlock, and you see his Sherlock vision, and it all seems like I could figure this out. And there's so much in this Thrawn book where even Vonto's like. Uh, oh, oh, well, when he explains it to me, I see it all. Yes. And yet I think it is a difficult skill to marshal to look at somebody's body language and accurately guess. <laughs> they are reacting. We're, we're humans. We sense things. So you can tell. You're out for a sandwich with someone and somebody suddenly looks unhappy. You can go like, oh, they're unhappy. They're happy. But you don't know. Like, did they get cucumber and they effing they, hate cucumber? Right. Is it the thing that I just said? Did a right. memory? Did somebody with a skirt walk by and that skirt remembers, reminds them of their childhood? <laughs> Being able to pinpoint the reaction yeah. to the meaning. Yeah. That's the amazing part to me. I love it. That's a, there's lessons to be learned yeah. from Thrawn. Yeah. Can and you, Star Wars. Do you feel like you can do it? Do you feel like you can? Like you're, you're, I, you're good at reading people. Uh, here's the thing. I, I, I rose to the ranks through of a day job where, uh, much like where Thrawn was, was an alien in a, an army and a, in a organization that did not recognize aliens. I was, I was in a career where your path to power often had to come from being an ex law enforcement officer, which I was. So I had to learn to get there from another way. Okay. And I had to do it with how I dealt with people, how I dealt with situations different from everyone else who sometimes had uh, uh, a more blunt approach or approach from a different you know line of work being law enforcement or ex-military and I didn't have those backgrounds and here I am a comedian working up the ranks of, <laughs> of, of uh, you know public safety so I had to I had to learn how to read bosses and learn how to read leaders and and get on their good side to put in a sincere way yeah. to the point where eventually in 2013 I, I got to the top position and was the first at that one particular location the first person with no law enforcement background to get my job so i'm not saying i'm thrown yeah i'm maybe more eli vanto but i <laughs> i understand there's lessons to be learned from thrown and reading people and reading rooms uh, and reading situations he was not as uh, good with the people no. That's why I needed Price and Vanto. But uh, there's something definitely Thrawn, as he taught me in the 90s, still teaches me now. Yeah. And I think that's a great lesson to take from Thrawn of even if you're 
hopefully you're not doing it for military purposes, <laughs> but to try to think everybody always has a motivation. Everybody always needs something. Everybody right. always wants something. Right. And it's uh, you can at least be empathetic by trying to understand. Yeah. Don't always use that knowledge to try to crush them. Yes. I don't think it's a good life lesson. No. no. But no. trying to be empathetic. The Lesson of Thrawn. <laughs> the Lesson of Thrawn. There's a lot to unpack in this book. Look, uh, this is a, like I said up top, this is a good book. This is a win. It was a different, uh, I don't know how to use it, a different end result, um, a good end result, but a different approach to get there that does not make it bad. If you enjoyed it, I want to hear from you guys. Reach out on Force Center Pod, use the hashtag uh, uh, Thrawn, and we'll. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll 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 talk. I want to hear what you guys say out there. We got a couple minutes left in this show, but uh, Joseph, in the end, your final grade, your final review. Yeah, I think my final. I don't have a grade for it. I feel like I I have never been super drawn to Thrawn as much, mm-hmm. and so this book really, really won me over because mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it for being something different and something that really tells the story of a tactician in a really human and interesting way. Mm-hmm. So I give it. I ultimately give it two thumbs up. It's mm-hmm. not my favorite Star Wars book because it doesn't naturally vibe with me, but I think it's a really successful book that I ultimately really enjoyed. That, that's a good good way to put it. I think a lot of people have enjoyed this book and will enjoy this book, especially yeah. if you grew up with Thrawn. Uh, a couple audience questions here. Now, Joseph, we have, uh, of course, launched our Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, so going forward, this is going to be one of the last ones where, uh, you know, uh, general. there's always going to be general questions. You guys, if you're not a patron supporter, a Patreon supporter, you're going to be able to reach out and have questions, but we're always going to also get Guaranteed to have one or two from Patreon fans uh, and supporters. If yeah. you reach out and support us, that that's important to us. Absolutely, yeah. So going forward, we'll get get be sure to have a we'll try to have at least one question from a Patreon backer. But today we have a couple great questions mm-hmm. from the wilds of Twitter and Facebook. Darth Goody, which is a great handle, says, "If we see Unkar plot again, will he be missing an arm or show any sign of arm reconstruction?" Well, that, of course, referring to the Unkar plot deleted scene where Chewbacca rips his arm out from a socket, but that is a deleted scene, and especially in the mind of J.J. Abrams. doesn't count. Yep. It's in the novel, but as you stated uh, from the story group and Pablo and Leland and everyone there in front in charge of the holocrons, um, it's canon in the books unless the movies takes that away and supersedes it. And I think if Unkar shows up again, and I wouldn't be opposed to that, I think he has two arms. Yeah, I think he's two arms, and I think we will save that beautiful day of Wookiee arm ripping for the glory it deserves on screen. Yeah. I think we'll get it someday. Uh, great question, Darth Goody. Uh, T. Hari, at T-E-H-A-R-R-I, uh, on Twitter asks, do you think we are done with new Anakin Skywalker stories? Is that well all dried up? Which I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. question, given the uh, we know that there's at least one more adventure to be told. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Do you think there are more Anakin stories to be told? Yes, it is related to specific to Anakin. Anakin, of course, is uh, kind of the, I'm calling the young Darth Vader comic series coming out yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But as far as Anakin, yeah, I think there, I think there, there could be. Clone Wars covers a lot of the ground, mm-hmm. um, but you could even tell a story in that era if you make it short. Um, the comic book uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan tried. It was a very much younger Anakin, fresh, uh, you know, not too far after Phantom Menace. Okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite series, but I liked the idea. When it popped on the shelves, I was like, ooh, this is good. It went into some weirder spots, some more sci-fi stuff. Yeah. So maybe the problem is me. <laughs> um, but uh, I absolutely think this is it's Anakin Skywalker. 
there's a lot to tell and a lot to learn. Yeah. My big thing is there are a couple of key moments in Star Wars that have been pushed out of canon for various reasons. Mm-hmm. In the uh, original Clone Wars animation, mm-hmm. uh, Gennady Tartakovsky. I say Tartakovsky, and it's probably wrong. Tartakovsky? Well, let's say it. Let's both say it wrong two different ways. I don't know how to say the gentleman's name. I enjoyed that a lot when it came out. It told the story of how not only did Anakin get his scar, but how did he be come an actual Jedi Knight. And to me, we're in this wonderful time of new canon. That's not canon anymore. Mm -hmm. So I want the story, if it's two stories, one story, I want the story of the scar, and I want the story of what trial did Anakin Skywalker go through to become an official Jedi Knight. I think you could get that. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a, a good thing. Big part of canon to not be there. Mm-hmm. This question is a little bit more just for you, I think, than for me, but I'll try to weigh in a little bit. Uh, this is from a, a listener who sends in great questions, uh, Renee Carbajal, uh, at Grandpa Caramba <laughs> mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, and they ask, a Star Wars pro wrestling show, can it be done? Yeah, sure, because anything can be made pro wrestling. I mention pro wrestling here a lot. It's, it's the basis of great storytelling. Uh, it is it is a live theater, of course. I'm a big fan and have participated and worked in the business as well. So can it be done? Can it be uh, uh, the lessons of, of Star Wars through pro wrestling or the lessons of pro wrestling and Star Wars? Yes. Um, uh, but in hearing what Renee is suggesting, and Renee has been a longtime fan, uh, I've chatted with them before, uh, back from the Jedi Lions days too. Um, you know, what you, what I would be interested in doing and hopefully get to do a chance to, is, is there's a lot of pro wrestlers who are Star Wars fans. Okay. Uh, uh, Frankie Kazarian, who was on Jedi Alliance is, uh, one as well. And, and, and I love, uh, I would love to sit down. I love sitting down with people of one industry where they have a certain amount of notoriety, success, and fame, and talking about something completely different yeah. and not talking wrestling. So maybe that's the approach I would do. Uh, or you can just, uh, you know, to me, databank brawl is kind of a Star Wars <laughs> per wrestling show. Yeah. I could definitely see like an actual wrestling show where every wrestler you have the assignment to come up with, you know, your character, your shtick, your attack is all like, I would love to see somebody who's like, no, I am 3PO and 3PO is going to (laughs) crush you. Here's his, here's his talking too much move. Yeah. Yeah, That could work too. And I think, I think Frankie told us a story on Jedi Alliance where he did do, uh, he dressed up as some Star Wars characters in the the ring. So if you're thinking in the ring, Renee, Joseph has an answer for you. If you're thinking on the air, I have an answer for you. And I think that's great. You're covered. So we got one more question uh, from Jared French on Facebook. Uh, Jared says, the big story or the small story? The key statement of his question. Is Ryan Johnson taking the contrarian uh, viewpoint where most movies and franchises are inundating the audience with too many big characters and massive plot lines? Could The Last Jedi turn out to be a much smaller story than previously thought? And he also thanks us for the content. Thank you for the great question, Jared. So I think Jared might have sent this in before we got the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's an interesting thing to, to look at, especially since mm-hmm. Empire, uh, since it might have some yeah. hearing yeah, yeah, of yeah. Empire, and Empire was important to our characters. Mm-hmm. But like the galactic war besides the battle on Hoth, yeah, we see the, the rebels Very get routed, little. and then it's not about... How's the mm-hmm. war going? It's about what's going on personally for our main characters. I think that's a great point, and, and Jared, that's a great question. Even even post trailer, I could see some some thoughts of that, or at least large part of it. You know, I mean, the stuff with Ray and Luke. Let's just say it never 
gets off the island. Yeah. You know, we've yet to see any footage of that. I'm sure she's going to get off the island. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, just say it isn't, and they'd spend the whole movie on the island. I might, though, you could probably execute that in a good way. Yeah. Uh, but we know other stuff is going to happen. We've seen some big stuff, some big battles. Um, so, yeah, it's very hard to make the saga film small other than Empire. But you're right. Empire is a small but important story. Yeah. I think that we are going to get a unique mashup that we don't often get in movies mm-hmm. like this, where we, we're going to get that very intimate story between Luke and Ray. Mm-hmm. And then I think because Ryan Johnson was so clear about this political state of the galaxy, mm-hmm. that it's that there's a power vacuum, that no one's in charge, yeah. and the First Order is moving in. Could be that we see, oh, little skirmishes in this whole huge galactic conflagration, yeah. or we could see these huge, important battles, you know? Yeah. We might see a new Battle of Tanab or whatever yeah, planet. Yeah. There might be a huge fate of the galaxy changing battle, mm-hmm. or it might just be like little skirmishes. Yeah, or a second Battle of Endor. A second Battle of Endor, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, ultimately I think it's this is going to be an intimate personal movie, but I yeah. think there's going to be some big war stakes too. I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. Is that it for the fan that questions? That is it for the fan Ooh, questions. Thanks, everybody. Those are all great questions. Yeah. And you know what, Joseph? When we set to record this, as I press the record button, I said, this will, this will be a shorter episode, like 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> nah, we're hitting our normal hour 10, and that's what, you know, what I love you guys out there. You just want us to talk about Star Wars, and you're, you, we could go for three hours maybe, and I, I feel you'd be okay. I, I, we could be talking about Thrawn for hours and hours for long, and hours. long, long time. Long Thrawn. Tantric Thrawn. Tantric Thrawn. <laughs> That's Sorry a, to leave you with that. That's a different book. So as always, guys, let us know what you think online. You can follow us at Force Center Pod. Like I said, use the hashtag Thrawn or Force Center Thrawn. How about this? Hashtag Force Center Thrawn. So we yeah. know it's us. And when you get specific <laughs> Thrawn questions, uh, follow us on Twitter. We're trying to get up to 2,000 followers there. And on Facebook, like the official page. We're trying to get to 1,000 there on iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. Keep the rating and reviewing going. Uh, we're trying to push for 200. We're getting closer. It really, really helps helps and we appreciate it and speaking of really really helping joseph our fresh new minty fresh patreon page is up for everyone to join so much fresh so much mint uh you can go to patreon.com slash force center to help support us on patreon it is a once a month uh you give us a little bit of money and it helps us continue doing force center and hopefully growing it uh as we said on our big launch episode on may the 4th when we talked about the patreon hey if you are literally physically made of money if you cough and money comes out and you want to give us a bunch of money great but what we would really love is just a little small amount one dollar a month two dollars a month at two dollars a month you get our new monthly bonus episode so check it out and give give a little bit if you got it give a little bit give a little bit to throng <laughs> thank you guys for the support thank you for always being with us thanks for sending in fan art and reacting with us we do try to talk to you guys as much as we can directly on social media but this is our place to really uh reach out say thanks and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it so until next time jennifer will be back for joseph you can be followed at joseph scrimshaw and all your adventures are on there yeah you can check out uh, all, all my social media is at joseph scrimshaw you can go to my website josephscrimshaw.com. I got a lot of uh, comedy shows coming up here in Los Angeles and conventions this summer, so go there and find out about all my stuff. Absolutely. Follow me at Ken Napsack. I got a show on Anchor, as does Joseph. He has headcanon. I have Daily Thrones. We have programming on there as well. Guys, that is it for Thrawn, for Governor Price, for Eli Vanto, and even the Yuzon Vong. We'll see you <laughs> next time.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.